Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. For 42 years and 10,755 episodes, the Agnes Nixon-created soap opera All My Children captivated daytime television fans around the world with stories of lust, betrayal, heartbreak, and, of course, family, set upon the fictitious Pennsylvanian backdrop of Pine Valley. Through the years, All My Children became one of the most beloved daytime dramas on television, with 10 million people tuning in each and every day at the height of its popularity. All My Children would go on to win over 75 Daytime Emmy Awards, and for the next few episodes of The Chat, we are honored to remember this former ABC and Prospect Park soap opera. Today, we welcome multi-Daytime Emmy nominee and winner, the legendary Wisner Washam who began writing for the series alongside Agnes herself in its most formative years. He would even see the show's transition from 30 minutes to an hour. But before we speak with Mr. Washam, let's check in on our co-host. Alan, how are you today? I'm okay. Wonderful. And of course, Mr. Wisner himself, how are you? Um, I'm fine. Glad to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. We are so happy to have you. Um, so we'll actually start with Alan. Alan, what is a question that you have for Mr. Washam? So one of the biggest moments in the 80s of all my children was when Jenny died. Very big forward moment. Everyone remembers it. Even if you weren't watching that, you've seen the clip of that. So how did that story come about? I'm sorry, I'm having trouble understanding you. Oh, yes. He asked, um, how did the story of Jenny's death come about? I'm not sure. I, I know it was, uh, many people think it was a big mistake. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure whether she wanted to leave the show. I'm, I'm sure she was not fired because she was much too valuable. Um, so I, 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 my guess would be, although my memory is very, very cloudy about that, my guess would be that uh, she, she wanted to, to leave and uh, instead of trying to recast, which would have been absolutely impossible, uh, we, we decided to um, do her in. Um, so that's quite interesting to hear. Um, do you remember if, Jenny was a victim of a focus group because I know that Tom Cudahy was, um, and I know that you also despised focus groups. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Absolutely, I did despise them. I think they were very destructive and certainly were not creative in the least. They were a product, I think, uh, originally of a, of a vice president from ABC called Jackie Smith. Uh, who was not a creative woman herself at all. And, and therefore she uh, came up with this idea of a focus group, uh, which allowed uh, total strangers and people who had not, no knowledge about telling a story to uh, in fact, tell the story. I, and I detested them. I tried to uh, uh, not go to the meetings, uh, but Agnes insisted that I go uh, out of uh, political necessity. Definitely. Um, 
And then Alan, I know you've got another question for Windsor about his time at All My Children. Um, so what's your next question for him? Next question is about network notes. How did they influence storytelling in All My Children? Would you repeat that please, Casey? Uh, yes, so Alan asked, um, how did network notes uh, come about at All My Children and how did they determine story? Uh, at a certain point, when, they, when this, the show obviously became so valuable, in fact, daytime was making more money for ABC than primetime during a certain period of history. And when they realized that, they, they decided that they needed um, the suits to get into the act. And Jackie Smith uh, was uh, a, a VP of daytime. Prior to that, we'd had a, a, a gentleman called Michael, I can't remember Michael's last name, who was just very happy that things were going well and, and, was, and let the professional writers write the show. Jackie decided, no, we, she needed to get into the act. And she started sending her, her minions to our, our weekly meeting. We had a weekly meeting with the producer where all the writing team and the production team and the uh, from ABC met on a Thursday, every Thursday morning. And, uh, and that's many uh, storylines were changed and modified and destroyed that way, in my opinion. Definitely. I can only imagine, you know, the things they would say to you <laughs> that would influence writing because they wanted right. it that way on their network. Um, yeah. So we do have a uh, question from a co-host that couldn't be here, which I think, you know, kind of goes along with what you were just talking about. Um, and this does come from Tiggs, who wants to know what would have been a dream storyline for you to write? Of what kind of storyline? Like a dream story. Like, was there ever a storyline that you envisioned for a resident of Pine Valley that you really wanted to tell but never got the opportunity? No, no. <laughs> we, we, we put everything on the air we could think of. <laughs> no, we, 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 were, we, were not, uh, we were not squelched. Uh, but uh, I think we were often misdirected by the, the suits. Definitely. Um, you certainly had to fill 260 episodes a year somehow, right? <laughs> um, we sure did. Went so to an with, hour, it became really difficult. Yes, and um, actually talk about that hour. Um, I would certainly love to know what it was like for you on the writing team from the show's transition from half hour to an hour? Well, I was in a very um, powerful position at that time. I, I didn't realize how powerful I was, but Agnes uh, took me to lunch one day and, and said, uh, would you like to, uh, or would you be interested in uh, helping take this show from a half an hour to an hour? And uh, my mouth flew open. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. It sounded, it sounded like an absolutely impossible task. 
but she mentioned uh, the money involved and suddenly I became very agreeable. But I, I made some, some stipulations that uh, were very expensive for the network. But I said, I would like to be able to double the cast. I, I think at that point, I don't know what we had, probably a dozen, and I'd like to have 24 people on contract. I'd like to have the twice as many sets available per day. And um, uh, a, a bigger staff to assist me. And they they agreed to everything. They they were really, I think, quite desperate. Wow. And and, and it, it, it it all happened. And, and and of course nowadays everything is done on the cheap. You know, you 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 don't have all the sets available. You write the story according to the sets nowadays, as I understand it. And uh, when I when I first started with Agnes. I was writing the, the story with the number of characters because we had uh, the, uh, the actors had a certain number of guaranteed performances every week. And Bob Nixon, who looked after the uh, financial end of Agnes's uh, business, uh, insisted that we use all of the all of the performances that we were paid paying for. So we had to come up with scenes for people who had really nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to say. <laughs> but uh, somehow, uh, I think that turned into perhaps a, a creative part of the whole operation. Uh, it maybe made us dig a little deeper into uh, the story we were trying to tell. And, uh, and so that, that was uh, a part of the history. Most certainly. Um Alan, I know that Tiggs had another question for Wisner. Um, would you go ahead and ask it, please? Uh, was a story you wish you could have, of course, corrected? Oh, yeah. So a story you wish you maybe could, of course, corrected. I can't remember that, honestly. I, uh, I don't remember a lot of the stories. When you, when you were doing that much work, and it was that long ago, um, a lot of it just went in one one ear and out the other. Uh, I, I, I kept copious notes, uh, which I could refer to, but uh, that would be a, uh, a terrible job to do. I, I can't think of any particular story that was uh, uh, that you were referring to. Certainly. Um, so, of course with your whole career, um, thinking about your career at All My Children and thinking about being at Agnes's side for so many years, um, what was it like for you to hear of her passing just a few years ago? Well, it was a very, very sad occasion, of course, because uh, after I left the show, I stayed in touch with Agnes on a personal basis. We, we, we talked on the phone probably uh, once, once a week or maybe once every 10 days or something like that. Uh, not about the show, but just uh, as friends. She was a, a, a lovely, wonderful, warm, darling human being. 
and uh, and she was friendly with my me and my wife Judith Barcroft, and uh, who was an actress on the show, and Agnes uh, knew our children, and I knew her children, and we had visited our, each other's homes. So it, I lost a dear dear friend as well as a a, a colleague. Certainly. Um, so Wisner, before uh, we wrap things up completely, um, you may know that All My Children is once again being rebooted uh, by ABC, this time for primetime. Um, so how does it make you feel that All My Children continues to live on? Well, I think it's a testament to Agnes and her great leadership and creativity. And I feel that I take some credit too, because uh, I was there for um, 20 years uh, off and on. Uh, and so I, I'm, I feel like I'm part of the team. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm very proud that, uh, that it's got that, that, that much power left in it. And I wish them great luck. Most certainly. Um, yeah, it's just fabulous to think about, you know, that they'll have Robert Nixon there um, and that they have Kelly Ripa, who played Haley, and Mark Consuelos, who played Mateo, leading the charge. It's just fabulous to see uh, what Agnes created and what you helped her to create for so many years be on the air someday once again. Yes, it'd be a thrill to see it. I was very disappointed that the uh, that the version of it online uh, didn't last longer. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think uh, I, I have a feeling that some of the people involved were not as uh, experienced as uh, they might have been. Did you um, did you watch the show after you left? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was part of my life. I could, I mean, I am so was so used to uh, turning on the uh, the television at one o'clock and uh, having lunch and watching spontaneously, and uh, it was a big part of my life. Yes, I, I couldn't just snap it off and uh, and uh, and and turn my back. But I, I must say, over the over period of time, I, I, I did begin to drift away, as might well be expected. Uh, but uh, I did keep a track of what was going on, yes. Most definitely. I'm also a great close friend with Lorraine Broderick, who was oh. who, who took over from me. And we were uh, uh, good pals and, and very uh, compatible co-workers. She, she was so creative and and uh, and we, we we worked together very well i thought so uh, i i kept uh on top of the story a bit through her and she uh certainly wrote a beautiful ending as much as she could for the show on abc um she was their final head writer of course yeah um and it was a beautiful finale that she wrote um even though they had to leave it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> right. 
I must say, I, I didn't see that, but I, I, I'm glad I wasn't required to write it. Oh my God, that must have been a heartbreaker to write. Yeah. It, um, it was beautiful. I mean, it was filled with flashbacks, you know, going all the way back to 1970. Um, right. So right. it was a fabulous uh, finale show for them. Um, right. Yeah, it was a it was great to watch as a viewer. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know have any details about this uh, resurrection on, on ABC prime time, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to see that. When is it when is it scheduled to start? Do you know? Um, so Leo Richardson, who is writing it, has written the pilot. Um, so it's gotten a pilot order. Uh, everybody's kind of waiting to hear if it will get a series order. Um, but it's going to be uh, Robert Nixon will be a like story consultant, bringing in all of you know his mother's notes and all of that stuff from decades gone by. Um, again, Kelly Ripa, who played Haley. Um, Adam's daughter and uh, Mark Consuelos, her husband who played Mateo, they'll be executive producing it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be like, they're describing it as an edgy version of All My Children. It uh, centers around a reporter who comes to town and is going to uncover all of the town's deep, dark secrets from oh. years gone by. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, they're calling it uh, Pine Valley. So they're not calling it All My Children, but they're just going to call it Pine Valley. I see. Well, good luck. Yeah, he's having around the Santos and the Kane family. Yeah, I don't think the Martins are involved yet. Yeah. So it just looks like what Alan said. It looks like it's just going to be the Santos and the Kane families. Um, instead of, like he said, the Martins uh, aren't quite involved yet. <laughs> Which generation of the Martins? Uh, so it will be curious. We'll be curious to see if the Martin family gets folded in at all. Um, you know, if Tad is there or any of that, um, or even Jenny Martin. You know, they haven't been revealed to be in the show yet, which is odd because you know the Martins, of course, were like the founding family of the show. <laughs> um, but we'll see how it plays out. It's in such early development, but it will be exciting. I wonder, if, I wonder if they're going to corral Susan Lucci. We're all holding our breath and keeping our fingers She's probably involved. Yeah. Because, you know, what is All My Children without Erica Kane, right? <laughs> I don't know. That would be a tough one. <laughs> um, I yeah. was thinking about the Martin family. Uh, Ray McDonald, I think, is, is still alive. Uh, he's one of the few survivors of the Martin family. Uh, I mean, Tad, of course, is alive and well. Uh, I'd be curious if, uh, if, if Ray was available to uh, be the paterfamilias. Definitely. He uh, did a few episodes of the online revival. Um, he came on and did, uh, like, I think six episodes, wasn't it, Alan, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. He's been there for a bit. Uh huh. Yes. So, and yeah. of course, you know, they had Jesse and Angie there on the revival and their daughter, Cassandra, and it, it was fabulous. Um, of course, like you said, it would have been nice if it just lasted a little bit longer. Yes. Yes. It was a good, a good try. But uh, do you want to hear any more about the early days of the show? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We would Are you curious about the... Yes. <laughs> 
Well, I was hired as a, uh, I, I wrote a trial script. I, I was a, a, a new father and had just bought a New York City co-op and, and, and was out of work. And uh, my wife said, why don't you send a script to uh, Bob Sinadella from uh, Another World? I did, and he didn't like it. And she said, well, try Agnes Nixon. And uh, I sent Agnes a, a trial script. And lo and behold, she liked it so much, she called, she said, may we put it on the air? And I <laughs> believe it. I said, yes, yes. Because uh, it, it, it paid, I had been a Broadway stage manager before that. And uh, uh, one script paid more money than I made for a week of stage managing a Broadway hit. So I was very thrilled. And, uh, and it, the script was, it went over very well. And she, and she said, would you like to write another one? And I said, yes. And, and uh, so I started script writing and, uh, and I found that uh, sometimes I would call her and, uh, because I received outlines that, I, I wrote the script upon, and I was say I think I think it would be better if we did such such and such because it, it doesn't quite make sense with what has transpired previously, and I didn't know that I was uh, it took a lot of husband to do that. I, I was such a novice. I just went ahead and said it, and uh, Agnes appreciated that. Uh, she saw it as a, a creativity. And after about uh, a year of writing scripts, she said, would you like to try to write some outlines? And I said, yes. And so we, we started doing that. And I was working in my bedroom at home here in New York. And, uh, and it was a very strange thing because I would call her every day right after the show aired. And in those days it aired, at, uh, it was a half hour and it aired at 12.30 Eastern time. So I would call her at one o'clock and, and very briefly give a rundown of this outline of a show that I had created out of thin air. And she, she would uh, add suggestions and, and modifications. And then I would uh, dictate it and, and have it typed up and send it off. And then it became a script. Other people wrote the script, of course. And it was very, I remember, one occasion, uh, my telephone went out in New York City at one o'clock, and there was a huge snowstorm going on. But I knew I, Agnes was counting on me, and so I, there was a, a telephone, an outdoor telephone booth on the corner of my apartment on Riverside Drive, and I went out with my clipboard and pen and called Agnes. Put, kept putting quarters into the uh, into the, into the telephone, and, and the snow was swirling around. <laughs> but we got it done, and I think it was sort of like uh, it was part of the training that I had had. Like the show must go on, and uh, I've I, I always remembered that very fondly. And and uh, the show did go on for for another decade or so, at least. Yes. Um... So you mentioned, one thing I did want to know about is if you uh, remember your time, um, you mentioned how great it was to work with the very popular and very beloved Lorraine Broderick. 
Um, but you also returned for time at the show under Megan McTavish. Um, what was your working relationship like with her, if you remember? It was not, it was not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> I would rather not go into uh, details. Of course. Um, yeah, so then um, another thing I was interested to learn about from your point of view, if you remember, uh, Cliff and Nina, you know, the end all be all couple during that oh, super yeah. couple era. Oh, yes. <laughs> what are you, some of your fond memories of Peter Bergman and Taylor Miller in that story? Well, I, I don't know. They, it was just, they were so, such a, they were so appealing together. Uh, that I think the story almost wrote itself. You see, we, we watched, watched the show every day at, at one o'clock. Uh, at, at our conference table in, in the All My Children Writers Office. And we got a lot of feedback from the way the actors handle the material. Uh, they, I don't know if they realized it at the time, but they helped write the, helped write the story because if they were handling the material in a way that we didn't quite envision, uh, we either liked it or didn't like it. And, and very often we liked it because it had brought a, a, an aspect to the story that we hadn't really uh, conceived uh, initially. And we would modify the, the storyline accordingly. And I think they, uh, the, they were so appealing and, and uh, Palmer Cortland was such a joy. Uh, and uh, I mean, he, he was such <laughs> a, a bad man. I, 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 do, I loved writing bad people. Bad people are easier to write than good people. I think, uh, like Ray Gardner, remember him? Yes. <laughs> oh, he, he was fun to write. He was the devil incarnate, and uh, I, I enjoyed him. Uh, but uh, Cliff and Nina were just so appealing that I, I think the story just sort of wrote itself. Another thing I was interested to know, so when I was doing some research um, on you and your time at All My Children from things that I may have not known already, um, let's talk about social issues. Uh, so, of course, there was the character of Lynn Carson, um, who was uh, one of the first, uh, the character of Lynn Carson, um, who was a gay character. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So what was that like for you um, to introduce that story? It was very, with the very difficult. It was very difficult for me. Uh, we had not, I, I don't think the writing team had really conceived of uh, doing that kind of a story, but uh, the producer at that point in time uh, was Jackie Babin, uh, who's gay, and, uh, and I think she wanted to, um, uh, she wanted to tell that. She kept in telling us we should do a story like that, and finally it came to the point where she almost insisted that we, we tell a story of that nature and because we had not I don't think our hearts were in it because we had not conceived of it we were told to write it and uh, I, I found it very difficult and um, and I don't I don't think things were as free you, you couldn't uh, you couldn't be as uh, candid and frank on the air uh, back then, what was that? That was 25 years ago, right? 
wouldn't you say? Uh, probably closer to maybe, um, yeah, well, yeah, around there, 25, 27 years ago, yeah, around there. Yeah, so the, the, the public was not as receptive to that kind of a storyline too. So it was, it was a very difficult tale to tell. And, uh, and we didn't have uh, another gay character on the, on the show. So uh, a romance was not, not feasible. Uh, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was hard to do. And I don't think we did it very well. And it, uh, I, I apologize for that because I think uh, nowadays, uh, if we could do it in, in, in the current uh, social uh, mindset, it would be very difficult. And I mean, it would be very different. And uh, I wish we had, had done it better. Finally, Wisner, as we come to a close here, um, would you mind telling our listeners, uh, what are you up to today? What is the life of Wisner Washam today? <laughs> very, very lazy. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, when I first uh, left all my children, I, was, I had, a, had a, lot, a lot more energy. That was a long time ago. I was much younger and had a lot of energy. And, uh, and uh, I, I wrote four, uh, I wrote uh, four books. Uh, one of them was, um, I thought, a wonderful story that I, I still think it should be made into a great movie. It's, it's, it's essentially about the, uh, the cloning of uh, Jesus Christ um, through a fragment of his body. And uh, I wrote a great story. And it's still a great, it's still a great story, but uh, it involved the Catholic Church, and it's, I think it's very. Uh, Disney at one point was interested in it, but then the the powers that be concluded that a, a publicly owned company would have to be very very careful in handling uh, that kind of a story, uh, and this this was. Uh, a good uh, 20 years ago. Uh, I keep hoping that somebody will find it and, uh, and breathe some life into it. It's called The Cloning, if you want to read it. It's a good read. It's a page turner. Definitely. Yes. I encourage everybody to go to Amazon and, you know, buy a copy and check it out and Yay. see what it's all about. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Yes, and thank you, Wisner, for coming on and doing this. To hear what you remember about your years at All My Children uh, was just amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Wisner. Well, thank you. Thank you both. It's been, been a pleasure, and I've enjoyed it. I wish you all the best. And same to you as well, and stay safe and stay well. And uh, thank you so much for telling us what you remember about your time there. My, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Our thanks to Wisner Washam for joining us on this all new episode of The Chat. It was such a fun um, experience to talk with him and such a pleasure. Uh, Alan, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm Alice Ratha. Wonderful. And you can find me at KCSHutch. And we will see everybody next time on The Chat. Hopefully Bye. with more co-host. <laughs> Not just us. Right. This is Even the first time I mean, everybody's been two bitches talking. Maybe 
<laughs> I mean, well, maybe in the start, yeah, she has tags. I think that was, yeah, you were tags on the start of list. Yes. I mean, you know, so right, it kind of recalls the familiarity of just having two. <laughs> um, and real quick before we go, thank you everybody uh, for listening for the past two years um, and tuning into the show. It certainly means a lot to um, all the co-hosts and myself, of course. And who knows, maybe on the next show, we'll talk about reaching a two-year milestone as well. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, everybody. Bye.